0: You're listening to Wait Your Scout with Anna Skipworth.
1: Hey everyone, welcome to this week's episode. I'm joined by Jordan, the Northern Ireland Commissioner for Inclusion. Uh, he's the first person to hold this role and it's also his first year in the role. So quite an eventful first year to have uh, with everything going on in the world. Um, but yeah, it's just a really lovely chat. I uh, hope you're all doing well and we're just going to go straight into it. So here it is. Hi Jordan and welcome to uh, Wait You're a Scout.
0: Hey Anna, how are you keeping?
1: Yeah, good thank you, how are you doing?
0: Yeah, keeping all good, thank you very much for asking.
1: Cool, so uh, Jordan you've got uh, an interesting role based in Northern Ireland, so do you want to tell us a little bit about your scouting role to start off with?
0: Yeah, so um, currently in Northern Ireland I'm the first ever Northern Ireland Commissioner for Inclusion. Um, it's a very interesting role, considering that Northern Ireland is a very different um, jurisdiction in the UK. However, it's, um, it's to work with the 2023 vision of the Scouts to obviously um, embed, develop, implement, review um, currently what is happening in the region. But it's a very, very unique role in a very, very unique uh, part of the world, should we say.
1: Yeah, definitely. So being someone that stepped into a brand new role, A little bit nerve-wracking to start off with, but what were some of the first
0: things you kind of did to settle in? So going into a new role within the Scouting, especially within um, Northern Ireland, because uh, in Northern Ireland it is a bit, um, it's an older mindset essentially, um, considering obviously the mindset of what's been happening previously in the past um, of Scouting and so on. So it's really to get the buy-in from all of our leaders and so on. There's no point, and I knew this as soon as I took on the role. There's no point of me going in all guns blazing to say, "Okay, let's do this, let's do that, let's do this, <laughs> let's do that." Like, yeah, I have all these crazy ideas and all these like, really, really good ideas, but I feel that it's just um, you have to do like a niggle in pain. Whenever I met with our um, our chief um, Stephen and also our um, executive commissioner as well, um, Ken, um, we always we talked about the niggle and pain in Northern Ireland because obviously with our past in the country with regards to religion, regards to sexuality, regards to gender identity, um, a lot of things obviously that fall under inclusion, um, that it's a niggle and pain rather than, okay, we're going to go straight out with all the pride stuff, we're going to go straight out with all the, the Black Lives Matter stuff, we're going to go straight out especially with all of the religious stuff, which is one of them controversial topics um, and a lot of controversial yeah. topics in the region.
1: Yeah I suppose like having to keep all of that in mind it's yeah one of those you kind of really have to know where you're uh, where you're based.
0: <laughs> yeah you have yeah. to keep a uh, very open-minded um, about certain things um, regardless of what obviously um, what my background is mm-hmm. it doesn't matter and um, I don't take that into consideration in any of my decisions but it's a, a identifying obviously other people within the country and within the region and understanding and it's more about understanding and listening to their wants and needs rather than just going straight out and that's what I find obviously in the role helps and helps along with obviously inclusion in general.
1: So how did you find out about the role or get recruited like what happened there?
0: (laughs) So um we have this wonderful email that goes out every week from our office that goes into our junk mail. And um, of course, then Ken will be like, oh my goodness, Jordan's saying this here," But no, um, we get this email out. So essentially it came up about um, actually this time last year, about July, August last year. Mm-hmm. And um, I actually at the time worked for Northern Ireland Fire and Rescue Service as um, a manager in the Equality, Diversity, diversity Inclusion, um, facility in HR. So I kind of come from the background of obviously inclusion and working with people to try and drive um, obviously better understanding, to listen to complaints, obviously doing a lot of um, tribunals as well, uh, given my, my role. Um, and I, I saw the role as, Do you know what, this is something new and it's a challenge. Um, it came out in one of the emails to say, look, we're looking for this here. There was no job description. I wrote my own job description. <laughs> Um, and I just thought you know what let's go for it let's try and do something we're always about trying to make the world better and giving um, skills for life to people and I was just thinking well actually this will enhance my skills so let's have a go at it and see what happens and um, in October time last year I was appointed.
1: Great so have you been in scouting all of your life or how did you get into scouts to start off with?
0: This is actually one of them questions I thought, you know, you were definitely going to ask is, how do I get into scouting? Um, it's actually quite a funny story, actually. Um, it's really, really strange. So um, I've been in scouting from, um, obviously in Northern Ireland, we have what they call the squirrels. Right. And the squirrels is a, a section before the beavers. So I was just coming out of that there um, edge group. So I wasn't, I didn't go into the squirrels. I went directly into the Beavers, and I had a friend at the time called Matthew, and we were both in primary school, it's so strange this story, and um, my mum was like, let's go for it, let's um, bring them to a youth organisation, and she actually thought that she brought us to the Boys Brigade, um, to the Anchor Boys, Right. <laughs> and uh, whenever we, we, like, I went back, like, um, to my mother and said, you know, um, this is what's going on, this is the Scouts, this is completely completely different. I thought you were going to take me to the Anchor Boys, I thought you were going to take me to the BB, which is the dark side, obviously. We don't want to go into the BB and GB because they are the dark side. Um, Well, I kind of thought, do you know what? I liked it. Um, my friend, Matthew, he didn't actually go back. He he went for about maybe a month, a couple of months to what mm-hmm. I can remember. Um, So I've been in it since Beaver. I got my blue jumper and I was very, very happy
1: brilliant and you've uh, stuck through all the way to scouts and everything from there yeah so, yeah <laughs> and no regrets and yeah. not going to the boys brigade
0: <laughs> uh, definitely no regrets like i can always remember obviously like health and <laughs> safety was kind of like a different thing back in um whenever i was a scout like i'm only 25 yeah but um it was a complete different thing where i can remember they like they would have strapped like a barrel of water um, and um like you know for, we used to obviously for camp and to transport water they would yeah. get some rope and like swing it around the hall and we'd have to jump over it and if it hit you well it hit you <laughs> that was it. um so it was all like fun and games like that there and like obviously health and safety wasn't the, the main priority obviously now it's completely different with the yellow cards yeah. and the green cards and uh, the purple cards so there, it's all there but back in the day it, it was there but maybe just wasn't um as strict
1: <laughs> no I think uh most most of us at uh this age have kind of got those stories we go I wouldn't get away with that now if as a leader would I like I can't play that game anymore but uh <laughs> they're always fun to talk about or uh, some of the injuries after that you remember you go that's why I don't do that game anymore yeah
0: <laughs> yeah like like I can remember guys like there was one guy in particular in our um, scout group, so I'm a, a member of what they call First Collie Baggy Scouts, um, which is in County Andrum, and I'm, I, I'm an assistant scout leader there at the minute also on top of my role as um, commissioner in Northern Ireland for Inclusion. And um, I can remember when I was actually in, in the scouts, I was actually coming up from uh, beavers, or not beavers, um, and cubs into scouts and this guy dislocated his arm because we were playing something like this here and I was like that's the one thing that stuck in my head i was just like thinking that is so cool i want to do that um, because it was something similar to the barrel and the rope that we were doing and it, yeah it was loads of fun
1: wow yeah <laughs> although the dislocating your shoulder probably isn't or arm isn't the uh, the best thing to try and do <laughs> yeah
0: like to what I believe I think the ambulance didn't come for a brave while so I think it was it was in a lot of pain for uh, some time
1: <laughs> so in your um you said you're also a section leader as well how do how do you think that like, your bigger role as like the inclusion um officer as well as like the assistant section leader kind of work together because it must be quite a lot to balance
0: yeah Um. Working obviously with um, the Scouts, like that's the fundamental thing, that's why we're all involved in the Scouts is to, to help other people and that's obviously in our, our law and our promise as well, is, is to help others and other people. Um, so working with like obviously the young people and adult volunteers in my role as an Inclusion Commissioner is one of the main things, is obviously trying to ensure that the inclusion is inclusive and open for absolutely everybody as possible and being accessible but actually being an assistant scout leader that's kind of helped me my role because I know what the limitations are I've been an assistant scout leader now for um five or so years um obviously growing up and uh, within the same group yeah. and you can see the limitations obviously of the social demographic area you can see it obviously even the facilities and like the halls like we're quite fortunate that we don't have steps into our halls for toxic how do you work with like um steps and then obviously somebody who maybe has a wheelchair accessibility um yeah. with them so it's like thinking about them smaller things at a, a group level and like an on the ground level rather than all very high up and all very very strategical yes it's a very strategical role that i'm in and obviously trying to drive and uh, review everything um within the region however it's obviously um the experience as a, an asl Uh, with it as well kind of gives me an understanding of the challenges that our scout leaders actually have and what they don't understand because I was once that person that didn't understand what all this inclusive stuff was or the meaning of what um, dyslexia is or what dyspraxia is or autism or mental health issues or you know I was once like them I didn't know I kind of was scared I I shied away so I know how to now approach that there within my wider role
1: that's a really good point actually like sometimes i think even from whichever role you've got is kind of always making sure you're touching base with others and going like actually what what can we do to help you and i suppose having that duality means that you can really see it on the ground as well like oh i know i want to implement this thing but how do i actually make it practical so yeah it's really interesting
0: yeah no and like that's the main thing is obviously to make it practical because we're all there to obviously it's organized chaos in the scouts that's what we're <laughs> there for we're all there for the one purpose is to, to obviously have fun essentially in roundabout terms is we're there to have fun and enjoy ourselves and i know sometimes we can over complicate things with por and obviously the risk assessments now for the covid and so on like that there so let's just cut all that there out and just make it as simple as possible and easy as possible and that's the way I work is I'm a kind of I'm a chilled out guy let's just get it done and let's if we face a challenge let's take the challenge in our arms and let's actually do something about it and make it better and we only learn from our mistakes at the same time.
1: Yeah definitely. So we've talked quite a lot about your uh, roles in scouting Jordan. What do you do when you're not scouting? What's your regular life
0: look like because uh we actually have that don't we <laughs> yeah it's, it's one of their things like we put on the, the uniform and um not even the uniform anymore because obviously a lot of people wear like obviously different things like the t-shirt and the hoodies and stuff now but the necker is the one thing that connects us all in the scouts and that's only what you see from the person on a Friday night or a, whatever night of the week it is that you meet in a trip yeah. night like, <laughs> you go and like obviously Um, camping, but in my day job as you probably see um, uh, we're on video so we are, uh, my day job is um, I work for IKEA um, as a, a people and culture business partner for the country of Ireland. So I work at HR level, it's an HR manager's role essentially um, because of the way the hierarchical structure of Ikea is. But we all know Ikea is one of them places that's a very inclusive place and that's what I love about it. Um, not many people actually know that I work for Ikea. Um, they, <laughs> they just obviously think that when they see a yellow uniform that I'm a sales assistant or anything like that there. But that's like one of the small things, how we make inclusivity one of the main things where I work is because obviously we all wear uniforms, so we're all co-workers, just have different responsibilities within Ikea. Um, Apart from Ikea then, um, I actually was meant to start this before lockdown. This is uh, one of these weird ones that's uh, really wacky and I'm going to be starting it next week, is a water polo.
1: But it's in bags.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So, um, <laughs> Currently, where I live, um there's like a canal um down the roads. So there is, and they play kayak water polo um every Wednesday night, and uh, it's just something different, something quirky. um I used to be very, very big into like kayaking and stuff. um Obviously, it's the scouts that really kind of gave me them skills. Like we talk about skills for life, and like doing something different. Well, these are skills. I was like, oh my goodness, I want to do that. I saw the guys out with their helmets on and their 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 life vests on the canal with like these kayaks and they're throwing this ball around and I was like oh my god I want to do that let's do that there because of the skills that you get um, also as well I, I do like to do some other sports and um, I do like to play a little bit of rugby now and again and um, it's one of the, the bigger things and obviously I'm a, a true Ireland fan so I'm going to comes to that there so when the six nations are on unfortunately guys like it's, it's Ireland it's a green jersey <laughs> it's shamrock, it's a pint of Guinness, it's whatever else you want to say about the stereotypical um, Irish person um, and then obviously Ulster is one of our provinces but I also play um, a little bit of um, GAA football on the side as well.
1: That's cool, I'm really intrigued by kayaking water polo, that sounds incredible and I may now have to find a team near me because that sounds like the perfect sport, that's brilliant. <laughs>
0: Yeah, like it's actually quite funny because, like, there's two teams. Um, like, live in a, a village called Kilcock, right, um, in County in Kildare in the Republic of Ireland. And, um, there's two teams, one on either side of the bridge and the canal. Because one day, apparently, and this is this guy told me this in the shop one day because when I was inquiring about it, because obviously everybody knows everything in a small village, um, and yeah. they 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 threw the ball over the bridge and the other side stole it and they never gave it back so they made another team which um, I found was like okay that sounds <laughs> a bit strange but there's two teams fair enough I'll get into one
1: <laughs> yeah also a great way for like a rival story like well they stole our ball so we made a new team so and every year so like, we can try and get the ball back but
0: <laughs> it's the perfect rival story you know there's there's a bridge and um, a lock gate in the canal that, that separates them so. Um I think it's a it's a very tight match whenever it comes to them there, guys.
1: <laughs> yeah, sounds it. <laughs> well, you would definitely have to like send us some pictures or let us know how uh, the kayaking goes. That sounds amazing.
0: <laughs> oh, totally.
1: <laughs> so what have been some of like the... I know you've only been in your uh, inclusion role for a short amount of time, and with lockdown, I must feel even shorter to an extent. Um, but what are some of the big events or things that you've been able to do that you wouldn't have been able to do? Not in your role, I guess.
0: Yeah, so uh, my role kind of um, over COVID is is kind of one of their roles that no one's ever done it before. Um, it's the same with the other commissioners for inclusion in, in Wales, Scotland, and um, the UK as well. For England, that we've never been put in this situation before, and we we don't really know exactly what it is. But what, as a wider team, we've actually come up with quite a lot of good things. Um, locally within obviously my region, um. Obviously we drove, obviously, Scout Pride and we were big into that there and obviously took part in presentations and um, giving advice to people and obviously with yourself. Um, I was on Scout Radio and so on and obviously doing that and it's, I've, I never thought that I would do something like that. That was, it was like, okay, let's, let's try this. So it was uh, definitely something different. Um, and obviously giving people an understanding as well of the challenges of um, obviously pride in Northern Ireland and what it's like to obviously be an LGBT plus community member within Northern Ireland how the acceptance is slightly different to what it is maybe within the rest of the UK and obviously in the Republic of Ireland and Dublin also Um, so I would never probably have done anything like that I've been doing a lot of mental health stuff um, locally within the region and currently I am developing um, a mental well-being first aiders or mental health allies um, program within Northern Ireland, which I will be bringing to our executive um, later this year to obviously um, roll out across the the country and make mental health first aiders essentially. And also um, LGBT plus um, allies as well. So we're going to have like what I would call a scouting ally, which is somebody who incorporates both LGBT plus and obviously mental health and wellbeing into one kind of role. And bring them for like a day session, then to like Crawford's Burn, which is our local campsite um, and Scout Centre in Northern Ireland, and obviously train them up and um, have like a nice, fun space um, where obviously these issues can be talked about in the room, mm-hmm. in the four walls, in a safe space, and obviously then going forward, that in turn will help people.
1: That that sounds amazing, and yeah, I suppose like that allyship like is so important. From both like the LGBTQ+ plus community side, as well as like the mental health bit, so having someone that can really wrap that up—that's that's really awesome.
0: <laughs> yeah, and like with our charity partners and stuff too. We like obviously our charity partners in Northern Ireland are kind of slightly different uh, yeah. or different to obviously the UK there. So uh, we our mental health um, charity over here is called Inspire, and we have quite a good relationship with uh, one of the psychologists there, um, and he has been running sessions for scout leaders um throughout in northern ireland the whole lockdown um mm. just having like open chats and um, no presentation or anything just open chats to kind of get the feeling of how people are kind of steer immediate um so he's looking into the stuff with us and then obviously uh one of our um charity partners as well is the the simon community which is okay. our housing our housing people so obviously i think is it refuge or something like that in the uk yeah yep so, so we yeah. have the Simon, the Simon community in northern ireland because the uh, refuge aren't actually uh, um, known in northern ireland and we're actually working with them there because these are the sort of people um, young people that would maybe have um, different types of challenges and obviously mental um, well-being aspects and issues so we're actually working along with them there as well to see if we can integrate them into scouts through all these various programs that we're doing and like that's my overall aim is to to include people who actually find it hard back into scouts in northern ireland and also work with our charity partners as well in driving inclusion
1: wow some really like ambitious but really great aims there and yeah i suppose getting everyone included in scouts is something that we should all just try and strive for um yeah i suppose actually one of the questions i wanted to ask is what maybe advice you might have for someone i suppose not just in northern ireland but anywhere that's going actually how can i consciously make an effort to be that little bit more inclusive because i think sometimes you don't always realize that you might not be if that makes sense it's not a conscious thing that you're going i don't want to include these people but maybe yeah yeah like
0: um i do this actually in work and obviously in my, my roles as an hr person is is unconscious bias uh, we yeah. all have an unconscious bias so uh, for anybody to turn around and say that you don't make a bias towards something we all do it's one of them things that we do as a human it's a human instinct it's one of them things that's all there but what i do to take away from my unconscious bias i, I know it i know it very well um but it's about how to control it is take a step back from a situation sometimes we always maybe overcomplicate things in our heads we we think too much into it and as scout leaders obviously we're thinking on the spot we're trying to like um go with the flow as, as i say mm-hmm. the organized chaos regardless of how well planned a program is you never plan if you're going out backwards cooking and it's going to rain and then you just have to go with the flow because yeah. obviously you can't like a fire <laughs> so um Sometimes I think we think too much into it. So it's kind of step back from the situation and just have a chill out about it and think, well, actually, what am I going to say or what am I going to do? And what might be the impact of that there on somebody or somebody else? And then, of course, obviously, there's commissioners for inclusion across the UK, whether that be at county level, uh, um, country level, and obviously at the the UK um, level also, that we're all there to help people. We all have advisors as well. And gilwell who obviously can help us out too so like we're here at people's disposals we're we're here to answer them more delicate or tricky conversations or have them more delicate or tricky conversations so like avail of us that's what we're here for that's what we're we volunteer for that's why we want to help people um yeah i
1: think i think it's actually really important to like recognize that unconscious well that bias that we all have i think and also admitting it as well like I know that sometimes I get like oh I don't want to admit that I've got it but we all do like as you said it's there it's just knowing how to like recognize it and kind of acknowledge that you need to be more inclusive and sort of not ignore it but yeah work around it
0: yeah and yeah. it's not even about just being inclusive of uh, your unconscious bias it's about absolutely anything like it's it's mm. favoritism it's all this here other stuff that you know could be brought into it so you know the first step, obviously, is, is recognizing that, yes, I'm not perfect, we're not perfect, we, we all make mistakes, we're all human beings, we all do make mistakes, we are going to make mistakes. Hmm. So, like, as soon as somebody realizes that, like, as people realize that there, that's whenever we can actually turn around and say, okay, well, actually, I know that that's maybe not my best space, or I don't actually understand that, or I favoritize that more than others. whenever we can do something about it and fix it because you understand and you actually have that unconscious bias and uh, the understanding that you do have that
1: yeah yeah it's a really good point actually i hadn't thought about it in terms of like that like you said like the potential favoritism you might not even realize is could be there yeah yeah
0: Yeah, and like as scout leaders like we we have it if you know what i mean like it's, it's one of them things that you know there is them people or them scouts that you'll think oh my god i hope they don't come because <laughs> um like they they're just little they're little badasses they they just love to, to do their things but also like we all always think about oh my goodness that person's perfect they're they're the one that we want to go to the jamborees they're the one we're going to push for the queen scout they're the one that we're going to push and push and push but it doesn't make them any more better than the person that is maybe being bad at the scout meetings maybe it's a different way of life that they've been brought up maybe there's stuff going on at home and it's like looking yeah. at them other possibilities and not just thinking i'm not dealing with them people because they're bad if you know what i mean and that yeah. person's perfect and i want to deal with them because they're a good child
1: yeah definitely and actually you know spinning that on its head that that kid that might be you know not not playing ball and not wanting to get involved or causing problems if you push them forward to those other things they may actually then improve, like their behavior yeah. and other stuff, you know, you might give them direction. So, yeah. yeah. Exactly, and
0: like, they're the person then in a few years time that you look at and that they're the person that like, could prove you wrong, essentially, and they could be the next, yeah. obviously, scout leader in the group, a GSL, even outside of scouts, they could be the next big thing, essentially, and yeah. like, it all stems from you just treating everybody equally and fairly um, whenever you were taking your meetings.
1: Yeah, definitely. I think there's something we can definitely all learn from that. Be prepared. So, uh, Georgia, one of the features that we have on the podcast is uh, be prepared. So, Georgia, our last guest, asked the question, have you picked up a new hobby during lockdown? That
0: That is is an interesting one, considering the lockdown has affected us all in many, many different ways. (laughs) And um, that there. I think if I was going to, to say a hobby, I, I have definitely brought a map and I've pointed absolutely everywhere on the map and made marks on it to say where I want to go. Um, Because obviously we, we're so stuck. We can't travel. Well, we can travel limitly now, um, but not like it's not free reign. We can't just do what we want. Like we used to. And I think we kind of yeah. took it for granted. Um, but now it's just like, Oh my goodness, I, I want to go and I want to tour the States and I want to go here, 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 here and marking it down. So my hobby is, um, Obviously, marking down exactly where I'm going to go post-COVID and just going and just enjoying myself and chilling out.
1: Where's the first place on your uh, travel list then?
0: So, I went to the the Jamboree in Sweden. Um, back in 2011 which was nine nine or so years ago now which is a, a lot of fun <laughs> and um i want to the, the first places i want to do is obviously i want to trace the jamboree again and then from there go forward so like what i'm going to do is i'm going to go from belfast to london because i remember going to heathrow and meeting some scouts and um, guides at heathrow airport uh, my first ever time in heathrow it was a big place very very scary um, yep. and <laughs> of a, an airport with two gates um, because Belfast is very very small um, and <laughs> so it is um, and then obviously we went to to Denmark and Copenhagen for a few days and went to the Dan's hostel I can still remember it and um, then we went across the bridge over to Sweden and obviously working in Ikea I want to go to Sweden too um, to do that there and then from we went back across to Copenhagen and then from Copenhagen we went to Budapest oh, Wow. So, I want to go to Budapest and experience that all again and then from Budapest the world is um, open to go anywhere.
1: (laughs) That sounds like a great travel plan and yeah I kind of forget that when young people and adults go to like the Wild Scout Jamboree's they kind of don't just go directly like oh yes we're going to that place like it's it's the journey there and the journey back just as much.
0: Yeah and like it's, it's so like I could have never been to anywhere like that there if it wasn't only for scouts, if you know what I mean.
1: Yeah. And,
0: like, it kind of gives you the memories. Like, I um, I went over to England again recently, so I'd, or uh, last year again, um, following, like, one of the, our first ever camps in, like, the Lake District that I kind of was away with the scouts and stuff. And it brought back so many memories. And actually, whenever we speak about um, um, Sweden and obviously being back there when the Jamboree was happening... It was only very recently that um, I had a friend who her name's Christina, and she's uh, one of the scouts in Scotland, and um, she actually has my identification badge from the World Scout Jamboree in Sweden, and she still has it. And like, if you look at my Instagram, like it's I've put it up as in to say, oh my goodness, after so many years, that she still has that and it still looks like perfect she kept in a box because that's what we do in scouts we make memories we swap scarves we swap uniforms we swap all that there's like kind of stuff because it's the memories we want to keep from our experiences and like like that gave me such a flashback and that's why i want to go and retrace my my sweden trip because it was like oh my god i can actually remember how good that was and now i actually have like something that means something and obviously yeah and i'm a bit older now so i might appreciate it a bit more too
1: Yeah, and I suppose appreciated differently of like, oh, look at these amazing sights. It's not just like, you know, the Jamboree, but it's everything else in the country as well. Yeah, Yeah, the
0: speedboat speedboat was the main thing in Copenhagen. I can remember the speedboat (laughs) we went to um, on the rib. Whereas, like, obviously, the Little Mermaid and you've got all these, like, um, really, really nice, like, sort of places to go to and so on. And um, it's just a a real, real nice country. And obviously back then in Tivoli. What we couldn't forget about Tivoli and Copenhagen. It's like one of them places Tivoli's there was brilliant. like there was like five thousand scouts in Tivoli, so there was, and it was just absolutely good cracks. It was all these people were talking to us because obviously our accents are different too, and uh, it was it was uh, the memories were unbelievable.
1: Wow, I can just imagine actually. Like, oh, actually no, I can't really imagine that many scouts in Tivoli because it's it's fairly big, but I can't imagine five thousand scouts there. That'd be insane. <laughs>
0: Yeah, it's like the whole UK contingent. We all went to Tevoli one night, and you know, um, I can remember other people being there, and like obviously us running around in our uniforms and our like our um, our hoodies and like obviously our um, our neckers and stuff, and like people were like asking us loads of questions and so on, and it was it was just so so much good crack. Essentially, it was really really good. I really really enjoyed it. And um, I can still remember, like, um, that there and looking back at some of the pictures and so on. And I can remember the opening ceremony, actually, the the Jamboree, that it was absolutely raining down. And I was wearing a kilt um, because uh, we wear kilts from Northern Ireland, um, the saffron kilts and, like, our own family kilts, too, because we are kind of, like, Scottish in a way, too. And, um, like, I can remember it rained and the kilt was, uh, yeah, it was so heavy.
1: (laughs) God, but amazing memories to, to have. And it's definitely, I think that's a, that's a hobby that I think a lot of people could maybe like take on, especially as like, you know, lockdown hasn't quite eased fully. So I'm sure there's lots of time for us to plan these amazing trips. So yeah, I'm very jealous of that hobby. I may have to take it up myself. Uh, so Jordan, what is your um, question for our next guest?
0: That's a, that's a tricky one, actually, <laughs> because it's like one of them there ones. Uh, so I would ask somebody if covid wasn't all happening how would they what would they do or what would they be preparing to do currently in in their life currently um in scouting or currently outside of that or what is their biggest mm-hmm. um, ambition essentially to do
1: so what would yours be other than traveling is there anything else that like this time of year what would you normally be doing
0: <laughs> Well yes currently it's raining and so on but like we've had so much good weather recently and like I carry a tent in my back uh, the back of my car and I actually um I do some casual um work I I work at festivals as a security manager and um I would be doing like all the big festivals and uh, like in ireland at the minute like um electric picnic which is the equivalent of what glastonbury and stuff is over in england it's like okay. this big massive festival that happens in ireland every year in Tralee or strabali sorry in county leash but obviously with covid it doesn't happen and um doing like working at loads of festivals just enjoying myself um, working with other people and just chilling out and just living life actually to be honest that's what i'd be doing right now if i wasn't there and camping out as well because that's what we do when we're there we we, we use tents we camp out and it's yeah. funny watching some other people that haven't been in scouts like bring in the, the really like the low quality tent which everybody will know what i'm talking about is the really low quality tent that you know that person's gonna get wet during the night yeah. And i've been wet during the night and i do not want to get wet during the night so i have bought a proper vango tent or a proper um coyote tent or whatever it is because i know that will keep me dry <laughs>
1: Yeah, I remember going to a festival once with uh, two friends. One's a teacher, one was a guide and a scout for a bit. And we were literally just as we're walking through going, They've not been to scouts. Oh, look, they've pitched it properly. They haven't. They have. And then at one point when our tent started to like move, because it hadn't been windy and then got windy, there's me and my friend like running back to the tent be like, we need to put all the guys out and strap it down. My teacher friend was like, it's fine. Don't worry about it. We're like, we're not getting wet tonight. (laughs) She was very grateful once we put the tent back together properly. But yeah, <laughs> but it's like then there,
0: It's definitely one of their sort of skills that do it. And like you do, like you look at other people, like whenever you do do them sort of things and like it's that's your unconscious bias again, if you know what I mean. We're, we go back to that. It's like, yeah, that, that tent's going to last for maybe about a day and then they're going to get absolutely soaking or, you know, that person, do you know what? They've actually done a really good job of that there, but yeah. they've, they've tied the guy line onto the pole rather than stick a peg into the ground. So I don't really understand what's going on there, but... it's it's a good attempt it's going to keep them dry but yeah totally
1: (laughs) i think that might just be like the scoutiness just it's just what you naturally do or i kind of use it as tent shopping as well you kind of look around going oh that might be good for this thing or that might be good for that for people that do bring good quality tents
0: (laughs) yeah no totally totally (laughs) like best of advice is for anybody going to a festival and this is the jordan's top tip of the day we'll, we'll call that there is if you're going to a festival, if you're going to do anything like that there, because you've been in the scouts, you know what the crack is, buy a decent tent. Make sure it's pitched properly, because there is nothing worse than whenever you wake up and it is wet. I have done that many, many mornings and I have found my sleeping bag outside a tent many, many mornings, like because I've been sleeping that like deep that I didn't even know I was outside my tent. That being wet is the worst thing, but it's the worst thing when you're at a music festival or any type of festival as well. So Please buy a sponsor.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's not quite like scout camp where normally there is someone else who might help you dry your sleeping bag. At a festival, it's kind of like on your own, mate. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Be prepared. Oh, Jordan, it's been really lovely chatting to you. Thank you so much for joining us on the podcast. Um, your stories have been fantastic. Um, if anyone from Northern Ireland or across the UK or anywhere wants to get in touch
0: with you how can they find you yes yeah, so um obviously on facebook we have the scouts ni um page if you just send a message onto that there but also i have um, an email address which i'll share with anna and she can be more will fire up there but it's a uh, jordan.mcculloch at scoutsni.org but obviously my last name is a bit complicated and <laughs> selling it so i'll give it to anna and she'll pop up with that there but um obviously have a look at our Scouts NI Facebook page, have a look there, do a like, see what we're doing in the region and keep up to date with us. And if you do have any questions, fire across any messages in that too, because um, our Facebook team, which um, I'm in it also, we pick up them messages and obviously look at them and then direct them in the right way
1: too. Brilliant. Well, as uh, as you said, Jordan, I will put the links to uh, your email address and the Facebook page in the description for the podcast. So if anyone wants to find you, they can there. Uh, well, Jordan, I hope uh, the rest of your lockdown is okay. And hopefully you'll be in, we'll all be in the green face soon, but uh, I hope it all goes well and good luck with your inclusion projects. They honestly sound brilliant. Um, and keep us up to date with them. We'd love to be able to share them more with everyone and see what you guys are doing.
0: Yeah, cool. Thanks for having me on, Anna. It was uh, great to chat. And um, yeah, thank you very much.
1: Thanks so much, Jordan. It was really great finding out all about what Jordan's role actually entails and uh, some of the differences that kind of come out from the different areas in the UK. Um, Some of the things that northern ireland might face that we might not in england or wales or some of the other regions or even other places in the world um but actually there are a lot of similarities and inclusion kind of does cover everywhere in the world like it doesn't matter where you are we need to make sure that scouting is super inclusive and uh, so it's really lovely talking to him and finding out about his hobby i have uh, since speaking to jordan been planning out all the places i want to now go to uh, when we might be able to travel a little bit more and uh yeah denmark is definitely on that list so uh, yeah it was great to talk to him um a couple of changes that you might have noticed about the podcast coming in september that i posted on facebook but from september will only be having one episode a month uh unfortunately work has decided to get in the way as well as uh, all the other different bits of life and i just want to make sure that the episodes and the people we interview are some of the best stories that we can find and it just gives me a little bit more time to actually gather those stories and find the best people possible so we haven't disappeared we're just going to cut down the amount so it's just one episode a month now but it'll be the third thursday of every month but if you subscribe, then you'll get a little notification when the episode comes out. So recommend subscribing to the podcast on whichever podcast listening app you use. All right, guys, that's it from me this week. Stay safe, look after yourselves and speak to you all soon. Thanks for listening to
0: Wait, You're a Scout with Anna skipworth Follow us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram at Wait, You're a Scout. And don't forget to rate, review and subscribe.